Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Sports Bar with Danger and Vitaglia. Bills 27, Patriots 21. But how fun is this? Buffalo at Miami for the division. For the AFC East division crown in South Florida. And it's going to be for the number two seed in the AFC. Sunday night football. I'm going to Miami. Josh has done great against Miami. McDermott seems to have the way to neutralize Tyreek Hill. What a great comeback that would be and a great story. If we can go into Miami and win it. Touchdown Miami! There's schematics are almost revolutionary. Mike Danger. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Metaglia back from our long holiday break and also Happy New Year to you and yours. The uh, calendar flips to 2024. Gene Metaglia. This is it for Buffalo. There are no excuses now. You have this division within your sights. This should be the AFC East now for the Buffalo Bills, hands down. So it'll be Washington and Michigan for the national championship. We crack in a 3-0 win over Vegas at the Winter Classic. Here we are! Let's go! 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Welcome back in to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. I know it's been beaten to death over the last two weeks during college football bowl season. Bowl season is not bowl season anymore. It's exhibition season. It's not... It's just not... Until you got to last night's games, none of those games felt like there was any sort of weight whatsoever to them. It's background noise. It's comfort food. Oh, there's the Sun Bowl and like Notre Dame's playing, and I have it on in the background while you're doing whatever during Christmas week. Right. I mean, you don't really like, know any of the players. No. You're not really interested in, in the outcome you of the game. You don't know what ga- there's. There's a game that's going to be on. You don't know when or where, and you really don't care. All that said, if anything was proven... The committee got it right. You've got two best teams unquestionably playing against each other coming up on Monday night. That's awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and what may kind of prove, because I always came down on the, well, this is going to demean the regular season by going to 12 teams, but those 12 teams, will you have then less opt-outs? Will you have more teams just kind of sticking together? I think in a, in a kind of backwards way, it's almost as if the the college football backed into this one of the solutions to their own problems. And there's a lot of problems with college football right now. A lot of problems. And my biggest fear, and I think it's an inevitability actually, 
is that at some point Congress is going to step in and they're going to regulate everything and, and everything about college football will change. Now, if they listen to smart people, then maybe they don't screw it up too badly. If they if they separate football and college athletics from everything else and they give all of the players a slice of the pie and, and they figure out ways to make the scheduling work with the new conference realignment. But the thing that they've backed into that, that is actually going to help them next year at this time is that expanded playoff more games that mean something that mean anything i mean games that that you know i mean it's kind of, i was like shocked i'm like oh god bo nix is playing for oregon what's he doing out there he doesn't have anything left to prove why is he you just saw so many kids opt out the transfer portal kids getting ready for the draft all of that is is going to be evergreen we're going to be talking about that but i think the chances of that happening you're right gene become less likely when there's something to play for in an expanded college football playoff i looked at the schedule next year do you realize the championship game next year is going to be on january 22nd it's just going to push everything out right i mean you're going to have these opening round games and I don't know. Am I allowed to change a take? I mean, maybe I, I'm curious to see how it's going to look, Danger. I, I don't like the fact that Michigan, Ohio State always kind of affect a playoff game on Thanksgiving weekend. It's going to be, eh, okay, both these teams are in. It's going to be yeah. a little less. But. But, but you have the chance of seeing that happen again in an expanded playoff, and that would be a lot of fun. Um, and for college football to be able to compete with the NFL in terms of getting those eyeballs on your product, generating more TV revenue down the road. Yeah, expanded into January and go head to head with the media's part of the NFL schedule, their postseason, and let's see what happens. I don't know when they're playing those games. Are you going to go head to head with the NFL? No, you would go Monday nights. Like that's kind of how the first few when you were doing the uh, the quarterfinals there, you could put them during Christmas week, one a night, maybe. Sure, fantastic. Every night we'd be having a game we'd be dialing into, and then when you get to that part with uh, you know the what would be the eighth, the fifteenth, the twenty second, if the NFL wants to go head to head. Go ahead. Well, I know that this kind of leads into one of your takes. Well, here. it's true. Like, and I look. I always dislike the phrase "danger moving the goalposts." I no. I like, no. Have a stand. Take a stand. Have a take. You coward. No. Don't move the goalposts. No. You should be allowed now and again to change your opinion. Oh, Otherwise, boy. how do you evolve? Soft. No. 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 Evolve. Yeah. You're Who not, wants to evolve? Like you. Let me tell you something, Gino. I'm almost 50 years old now. And if I haven't grown up by age 50, I don't ever have to grow up. I don't need to evolve. You are the Billy Joel angry young man song. All right. (laughs) That's kind of the way I look at it. And one thing I'm going to admit, one thing that I kind of changed on. All right. And look, I'm the guy who always said Christmas Day. No, I love sports, but it's nothing sacred. And he's got to know where I come from. I went to Aquinas. I still believe Christmas is the one day to be with your family. Now, that being said, the NFL had a little energy on Christmas Day, yeah. did it not? Yeah. I'm in the kitchen doing dishes, and I hear the roar in the next room. I got to go running over. What happened? Dad, the Raiders scored again. Mahomes a pick six, and we're all laughing. I like the NFL on Christmas. Yep. I didn't didn't revolve my day around it. I didn't even watch Baltimore, San Francisco, okay? But the NFL next year says, well, Christmas is on Wednesday. There's not going to be any games. And thing lie, really? lie, lie. You think they'll play games on a Wednesday? Well, here's how you would do it, right? You put three to four games on the previous Saturday, mm-hmm. which that's 
kind of the NF, the MO of the NFL. They'll take over Saturday. Triple header, sure. Yeah, and, and so then you just kind of mix those teams up. Okay, so you're going to get some common opponents because let's think about this. What's the distance between Sunday and Thursday? It's the same as Saturday to Wednesday. Where the NFL says, no, we're not going to do this on Christmas Day. There is money to be made. Did anybody talk about the NBA? Did you even watch any NBA? Okay, maybe you're a Celtic fan and you tuned in. But other than that, no. I predict Christmas Day is going to have football next year. Um, I was watching, or I, ha- I, you mentioned comfort food, the bowl games. Like that's kind of what the NFL schedule on Christmas Day was. It was like comfort food. It was just nice having it on in the background. I wasn't really invested in the Ravens Niners game. I wanted to see the outcome. I had it on. I was over at my brother in law's house, my sister in law's house, and and you know there was a puzzle laid out. Some my my nephew Vincent got a new puzzle for Christmas, thousand piece puzzle. I just sat down and I started working on the puzzle. While the game was going on, and I'm paying attention to what's happening in the game, kind of, but I'm also dialed in. It was, it was awesome. It's a, it's a different vibe. It really is. Completely. Yeah. Uh, and, and it would be different if, if it was the NBA in, exclusively instead of the NFL. I don't think the NFL, I, I'm with you on this one. I don't think the NFL should back down and just hand over Christmas Day to the NBA the way they used to all those years ago. No, go ahead. If you want to in the middle of the week, I'm sure you could figure out a way. Now, the only thing that would prevent it would be, is there something in writing in the CBA that prevents you from playing games in the middle middle of the week? Maybe. Maybe that's the case. But you, what would be the ratings? Did the networks make money off of that? I would have to think they made money. How much money do you think Peacock made just on having that one game? I bit the bullet. I I did Mm. it. I didn't want to. I did it. I'm like, oh, they got me. And now I'm like, well, I can't get rid of it yet because there's a postseason game coming up, and I'm going to want to watch that postseason game. Even if the Bills aren't in that game, it's going to be one that I want. So now they got me. They got me, Gino. Keep forgetting that Peacock has a postseason game. Can you believe that would be the Bills? <laughs> it could be. Yeah. It could be. Um, I'm glad you brought up Christmas. because This hit me the week between Christmas and New Year's. It's a week. That isn't real. It's not real. It's not a real week. Take December 26th through the 30th and just scrap it from the calendar. No one knows what day of the week it is. You don't know what day of the month it is. We're all bloated. We're all altered from the excess of the holidays. These days are fake. They don't actually exist. Nothing significant other ever happens during the week between Christmas and New Year's. Anyone born these dates shouldn't be trusted. They're likely the product of witchcraft. The 26th through the 30th needs the leap year treatment. Go away for four years at a time. I'm Mike Danger. I don't like fun. Those days are the best fun. days. Those days are the best days of the year. I'm not complaining about fun. I'm not talking about fun. I'm just saying they don't exist. They're like phantom days. Nobody it's knows. Unscripted. Like, it's unscripted. My, my daughter is like, what day is it? She didn't know what, literally didn't know it's a Friday. Didn't we? She forgot. Time is different during this week. She thought she went to visit her Nona Two days ago, she saw her yesterday. Like, just time is, it's just evaporating during that that stretch of time. The only significant thing that happens is on, on cue, my tree gets to the curb. Oh, right there. And on the 26th. Mm-hmm. I, I might be slipping. It didn't get out there until just before 4 o'clock. I wanted to get it out there before 3. All right. Now, who, who do you look at, down more on? Mike Danger for putting the tree out on the 26th. I'm going to confess something to you. Is it still up? Tree is still up. Yeah. When's that, when's that coming down? I think it's Saturday. 
I'm, I'm giving you MLK. I'm saying MLK. <laughs> MLK is when that's coming down. Well, it might be a fire hazard because I don't have the environmentally oh, friendly no. lights. I still have the old-fashioned, you know, with it really heat up there. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that might uh, yeah, yeah. want to burn down my house there. Yeah. No, I, I, I have an, an – there's an expectation that I have to fulfill. And so I make sure that that thing is on the curb now. Well, not me. My wife and I both make sure that that, that tree is to the curb the day after Christmas. You are right about the bloat and the eating and everything else. So, like, we're talking, you know, Christmas night. I'm like, hey, I got an idea. What do you guys think of this? Let's go to the zoo tomorrow. Yeah, that's a great idea. We went to the zoo on the 26th while you were kicking your tree out. Really? There's nobody there. It's yeah, the time of year to open. go. Zoo's open every day. Huh. The animals have to eat. They live. And they're not going on vacation. They're nobody always there. there. No, very few. You have the entire place to yourself, yeah, essentially. Looking, looking at the elephant eating things, the, just the lion laying out, the wolf going up and down. Yeah, yeah the polar bears coming out. Uh, no, that was the mm. bummer. Like, I don't know. Penguins? Where the, oh, the penguins, yeah. The penguins were just kind of you know meandering around waiting for their food, too. Yeah, we got a little treasure here in our own backyard. The zoo is fantastic. I've never thought of going to the zoo during the wintertime, Gene. I'm glad you did that. The zoo, yeah. What day was it? I don't know. You have no idea because those days don't exist. (laughs) Uh, Orange fans, uh, what day was this? No idea. No idea. Nobody remembers. No, I, nobody it, knows. Nobody knows. It was uh, they played pit over the break. Was right? that a Friday? Was that a, a Saturday? What day of it the was, week was, it was that? Do we Saturday. Are we sure about that? Yeah, it, it, no, but <laughs> I can tell you it happened. I was there. Here's my review of this year's Syracuse basketball team. Ready? They're actually fun. They hustle. They pass. There seems to be some basketball IQ. How refreshing is that? They have a little bit of size with McLeod, Bell, and Brown. Benny Williams is showing signs of life. Cordero Copeland is that fun glue guy that you want on your team. J.J. Starling can create in the backcourt. And they have the true alpha running the point in Judah Mintz. So what's the problem? They don't have a single guy who can tee it up from three. Syracuse ranks 229th in Division One in three-point percentage. To me, that is a fatal flaw. It's not like you're going to get somebody all of a sudden learning how to shoot. I don't think you can win without having that sort of element, but at least this version is going to be a little more fun. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a little bit more fun just because there is a little bit of that cantanker, a little bit less of that cantankerous air about this team the anger of Jim Beheim the dark cloud of Jim Beheim just being a constant D all the time I like that but I'm not buying in beat Duke tonight get me excited uh, beat Duke t- they're gonna yeah. beat Duke tonight no no they're not gonna no. beat Duke tonight no they, they 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 beat the teams they're supposed to be yeah they beat a few they weren't yeah. like honestly okay LSU is kind of down I get that Oregon that's a nice win uh, they're not. They're not beating Duke. I was going to ask you. Do you want to go to Jim Beheim Day in, in February? There, they're already. Oh, pro- they're already promoting it. Who's Who's Jim Beheim? <laughs> he coached that team for a long, long time. Oh, who cares? Oh, who cares? Uh, never, never for that guy. I don't. I don't know who he is. I don't. Uh, with that in mind. Let me give you some weekend Francesas. If you're new to the show, a Francesa is something that. You are blissfully ignorant to, or you're just completely over. Uh, it stems from uh, Mike Francesa, the goat. When when asked about Stan Lee dying, gave this answer. Oh, who cares? Because he didn't know who Stan Lee was, because he doesn't read comics. So we've got a list of weekend Francesas to run down here in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. 
Any bowl game not connected to the college football playoff. Oh, who cares? Reporting as an eligible receiver. Oh, who cares? Pop-Tarts. Oh, who cares? Peacock. Oh, who cares? Sean Payton. Oh, who cares? Russell Wilson. Oh, who cares? Jarrett Stidham. Oh, who cares? Josina Anderson. Oh, who cares? LeBron's 39th birthday. Oh, who cares? LeBron complaining about officials like an old man. Oh, who cares? Von Miller. Oh, who cares? The Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, who cares? The World Juniors. Oh, who cares? Fansville. Oh, who cares? David Tepper, petulant child. Oh, who cares? The Big Ten. Oh, who cares? Parades. Oh, who cares? Complimentary football. Oh, who cares? Gene winning the unsanctioned. Oh, who cares? Resting your starters. Oh, who cares? Times Square. Oh, who cares? Tommy DeVito's agent. Oh, who cares? Cheez-Its. Oh, who cares? The Winter Classic. Oh, who cares? Everyone's back to work today. Oh, who cares? Finally, your New Year's resolution. Oh, who cares? There you go. A list of Francesas for you in the sports book. Okay, I'm going to push back on three if I'm allowed to. Of course. You wanted to guess which one's a... Well, you're upset that I, I said you're... Winning the unsanctioned isn't no, Francesca. No, no, that's a Francesca. Nobody cares. You, you know, I, oh. I, it's fine. Good. Um, there's three stories I think are interesting. You tell me which one you want to start first. Tepper, okay, where this goes. Um, the the ending of the Dallas Detroit game is fascinating to me. Sure. And also, let's start here. What are you doing if you're Sean Payton? Why would you take that job in the first place if you knew you you looked at the contract? It's not like you you made a mistake. You took that job knowing the cap figure of Russell Wilson. So I would just ask the question, why didn't you bite the bullet from the get-go? Maybe you knew what you were getting into, but you just didn't really know what you were getting into. Again, this goes to the arrogance of NFL coaches. I can fix them. I can get him to play my way. I can get him to be different than he's. But you can't change people. Like people at their core are still going to be who they are. And Russell Wilson, by all accounts, is a massive narcissist and a me first guy and not a team guy at this point in his life and career. And everything that the fallout of all of this is is fascinating. But ultimately, I don't care because the Broncos aren't going to be good with Sean Payton or whoever they trot out at quarterback. Russell Wilson's not going to be good if he stays in Denver or goes somewhere else. It doesn't matter to me. And Jared Stidham, who cares? Like it's a story because it's the fascinating. The fascinating part about it is the the financial part of it. It's the financial part of it. How the you're going to be in cap jail here? Basically, yes, the cap is real to a certain extent. What is the dead cap figure? Eighty eight million. Eighty eight million. If they yeah. release him, yeah. Now you can spread that over two years, and which then they you, will. you would have to think that another team would would take Wilson off your hands if if they could get Denver to pay, or if you could get. No, I'm sorry. They release him. You would need another team basically to say, yeah, Russ, we'll sign you, but we're going to sign you for just over a million. Yeah, something like that. Like, like the, the Broncos are not trading Russell Wilson. No team is going to give Denver anything right. uh, for that. No, there, there's another interesting point on this. In, it's the idea that Wilson then, it was like the little jab at the end where the, the reporters pulled him aside and he discloses, well, you know what? They tried to get me to waive my injury guarantees back in week five or six, wherever it was. And then he went right to the players' union. Yeah. 
So what does this tell other potential free agents about Denver as a destination? The one thing you could say, Brandon Bean, he makes mistakes. He'll be the first to tell he makes mistakes. Um, I don't see him doing anything like that in, in season. In season seems kind of skeevy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the closest thing we've had to that was the Naeem Hines situation, right? Like, there's a little bit of weirdness there during the preseason about how the Bills were going to proceed with that contract. True. Um, and I, I have a feeling that it happens a lot more than we are, are led on to. But the idea that Russ went right to the players' union and basically aired all of the dirty laundry, the team that's paying him all of this money, that's the red flag that I think other teams are going to see. Like, oh, yeah, can he still play? Yeah, maybe. And again... Head coaches are arrogant, so they're going to think, I can get him to play the way we need him to play. And there's a lot of teams that I think would be interested in Russell Wilson, but you're only going to pay Russell Wilson now as little as you can, maybe a million, just over a million for one year. And that's what Russ is going to be left with if they decide to move on from him. He'd be a heck of a bridge quarterback. Yeah. Which would be ironic. <laughs> and and if, you're Sean, if you're Sean Payton... You're basically saying, look, I'm going to be here. You're not. This is me long-term looking at what this team can be. And if we're going to do it, it's not going to happen in one year. And I've seen enough this year to know you ain't it, dude. I mean, the blow-up on the sideline yeah, I, I, with Russ. I mean, that was just... It's it's unbecoming, but it's it's kind of... A throwback, right? Like you used to see players get chewed out all the time, and head coaches have become so homogenized and do so much of it behind closed doors. Peyton going off like that. Well, I mean, maybe just Russ, like you said, is just so difficult to work with. Wait. He, we, we the tell the telltales were there from the very beginning of the season, right? I, Russ needs to stop worrying about kissing babies, wasn't that his quote? Yeah, he needs Russell to stop Inc. running for yeah. He needs to stop worrying about Russell Inc. and running for office and kissing babies and worry more about football. I mean, that's your head coach saying that about you. We get up in arms when Sean McDermott says, "Yo, if we would have figured out what's wrong with Josh, we would have fixed it a long time ago." That's a fair statement. That's not him saying, you know, if Josh Allen would stop doing all these endorsement ads and dating Hollywood starlets, maybe we wouldn't be. He ain't saying that. Sean Payton is saying that about his quarterback. It ain't going well. It ain't going to end well. I guess the element that's fascinating to me isn't any of the players involved. It isn't Sean Payton because who cares? It isn't Russell Wilson because who cares? Ultimately, I don't think either of them are going to be winners when it's all said and done. It's what happens next is fascinating. Well, and there's another downside to this. Congratulations on the Kansas City Chiefs winning the division once again in 2024 and 2025 because, okay, Denver's messed up. The Raiders don't have a quarterback, and the Chargers are miles and miles away. The Chiefs have ruined. The Chiefs have done to the AFC West. What the Patriots did to yeah. the AFC East. Yeah, they it's just history repeating messed itself. everybody up. Yep. Happy New Year, Brad and Rochester. What's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. Um, I'm just wondering how quickly is Sean Payton going to be turning the Denver Broncos into the New Orleans Saints in terms of cap casualties and cap overages left and right? Yeah, I mean, he's never... It's a great point by Brad. I mean, when he was in New Orleans, it was all about Breeze and kicking the can down the road. And you had to live with... You were in cap hell all those seasons. You somehow found your way to be a, a, a competitive team and a postseason team a bunch of those times. But, uh, boy, releasing Russell Wilson because you have an inability to work with him and get the most out of him. And I, I give him credit for getting what out of him what he got out of him this year. This year versus last year, Russell Wilson looks like a Hall of Famer again, right? Like yeah. Compared to how he played last year when we were just relentlessly making fun of him. Um, 
Yeah, Sean Payton d- does not care about the salary cap. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Does not care about the salary. That's a great point by Brad. The history is repeating itself in that regard as well, in that the Broncos are going to be in cap hell if they decide to move on from this guy. Uh, the the thing I want to say to him, push back on the uh, on the Lions and, and the ending there with the officiating. Sure, the the official screwed it up. Absolutely. Did the Lions get jammed? Absolutely. How did they react? Not as poorly as you can, because you mean to tell me, tell me there's ever been a two-point conversion before Saturday night from the seven-yard line in this league. Why would you not kick the extra point and go to overtime there? You know that what you're is talking a, about. That's a stubborn yep. head coach. You know what you're stubborn, talking about. pig-headed. That's right. It's going to cost him. It's the behavior. arrogance of head coaching. And, and Dan Campbell is all gas, no brakes. Okay, you, you really think, fine, we're going to run it anyways. We're going to do it anyways. We're going to try it anyways. The, the, the good news is our our complaints about Sean McDermott. You can make those complaints about pretty much any coach for any team in the NFL. It's 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 systematic to being a head coach. It's the arrogance of the position. <laughs> We're gonna go for it. We're going for two. We're going for the win from the seven. <laughs> the probability of that happening. Hey, look, if if they do it, we're all talking about. If they make it, we're all talking about Dan Campbell being that guy. You might have cost your team the number two seed. Sure. Because honestly, probably Dan Campbell, they're thinking now there's no way Philadelphia lost Arizona. Crazy. The Cowboys. The Cowboys. The left for dead, stinking Dallas Cowboys who lost to Buffalo and lost to Miami. And here they're going to be the number two seed. That's unbelievable. Um, The last one I want to push back, and I think there's more to this story that's going to be coming up. I was worried that when Dan Snyder got kicked out of the league, we were done with a-hole owners. Oh, my gosh. This guy in Carolina is a different breed. If you haven't seen the video, Carolina losing to Jacksonville. I don't know in this video what led up to this, but the owner dumping a drink on Jaguar fans? Basically threw his drink at a Jag fan. A Jag fan who's a paying customer of the Jacksonville Jaguars going to a game and having the owner of the opposing team throw a drink. Wow. Yeah, that's... um, I mean, you say what you will about Snyder. We don't know what Tepper has, what skeletons he has in his closet. I don't remember Snyder throwing drinks in it. I mean, he was he's still A1 worst owner of all time, right? Just based on, yeah. on some of the things that have been alleged. Tepper is just a, a child. He's just a petulant child i can't remember who put it out there an excerpt from from some article where he was interviewed it might have been me to comes from espn I, I don't i'm not properly sourcing i apologize um where he basically said he has thoughts given his wealth that when he's in a restaurant and he doesn't like the service at the restaurant yeah. he could just buy the restaurant and fire the person who is providing him with bad service as his first order of business i'm like that's where your mind goes? You're an evil bastard. What is wrong with you, man? And that's who he is. And so now is the billionaire owner of the Carolina Panthers. Hey, look, if you're a Panther fan, you hope the NFL steps in and keeps him away from the team for the next 12 months. Because that would actually probably be benefit the team more than anything. You know, every other owner loves having Tepper in the club because now he's the worst guy. Yep. He's the guy that is going to put out a team that can't win. Oh, normally when you have the worst record, you get the number one over a pick. Go. 
Congratulations, danger. Enjoy that. Yeah, you're secretly loving this. I've got well, I've got a lot of thoughts on on what the Bears could or should do, but uh, the idea that they were able to get that number one first overall pick, I mean, that's that's foreshadowing at its finest, right? Like, yeah, we want your number one pick, and we want next year's number one pick because we know how valuable that's going to be. And if you give us DJ Moore, we'll be okay with that too. And well, lo and behold, that that deal looks pretty good for for the pride of Section Five there, Ryan Poles in Chicago. Maybe he can do it again this offseason heading into the draft. We'll see. Uh, Rasul Douglas, he's probably going to be your AFC Defensive Player of the Week, right? They announced that tomorrow, I want to say. Three takeaways. Three. Well, he had two interceptions and the one batted ball that, what one interception by Ed Oliver, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. But, well, yes, um, the thing that you got that for a pick swap, Rasul Douglas, uh, certainly a guy that uh, stepped up for this. Team. A man on a mission. When you talk about that, that game, he was the best player on the field either side of the ball. Uh, the Buffalo Bills get that win on Sunday against New England. The fan Rochester's man on a mission brought to you by the Open Door Mission. Go to opendoormission.com. See how you can guarantee a win for someone today. Hey, we have more time for your phone calls. Uh, Rochester Americans head coach Seth Appert will be joining us here a little over an hour from now uh, for last call. Our number is 866-4FAN-585-866-4326. If you want to pull up a stool and join us more next in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A fan, Rochester, sports. 
update. Buffalo Bills are listed as three-point favorites for their game in Miami Sunday. A win. Buffalo wins the AFC East and is the two-seed. A loss. Couple with wins by the Steelers and Jaguars, and the Bills would miss out on the playoffs altogether. Sean McDermott on those Dolphins. It's going to be a big challenge. They're well coached. They have dynamic offensive players, dynamic defensive players, and special teams. And uh, they do a great job with the explosive plays on offense and then creating big time negative plays on defense. And um, like I said, this is going to be a big challenge for us. Our coverage on the fan will begin at 4 o'clock on Sunday. The New York Jets have released Dalvin Cook. Cook wants to join a team going to the playoffs. Don Granado returning to practice today for the Buffalo Sabres. Seth Appert, Amherst head coach, to join us at 5.45 today. Syracuse basketball tonight, playing at Duke. Gene Bataglia the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Pull up a stool and join us. 585-866-4FAN. 866-4326. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. But that's the point. Keep keep everything the same. Seth's in the routine of a head coach, so you, you know all the details and all the things you've got to think of and moving parts and pieces. Uh, so, you know, he's done it every day this year as a head coach. So for him... There's no change for him. Um, and he has the support of all the other guys that are here every day. So the context of it. And, uh, you know, with that, I thought that was, uh, you know, obviously Kevin and I thought that was the smoothest, smoothest transition to do. There's Sabres head coach Don Granado feeling better. Amherst head coach Seth Bapper behind the bench for a couple of games here. That was a, a weird surprise to kind of. Tune in about whoa, hey, there's hey. our guy. What's he doing there? His, his hair was looking exquisite on MSG. Yeah, he looks like an NHL head coach, man. It's just a matter of time. I, I don't want to wish that time away. We love catching up with Seth Appert of the Rochester Americans. He'll be joining us uh, before we close up shop for last call here next hour in the sports bar. We'll get we'll get his take on everything that went down. See, the one thing, and I don't know the answer to this. Maybe somebody could fill me in. Who coached the Amherst then? Was it Page? Was it Prosper? Did they split the duties uh, when the team uh, went to Utica Saturday? Yeah, we'll get all that information from Seth when he joins us next hour. The, we had a great conversation with Matt Perino of the Syracuse Post-Standard last hour. And, and what we wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about, I mean, we recap the win on Sunday against the Patriots, look ahead to the AFC's championship game coming up here on Sunday night. But what's up with the usage of Stefan Diggs, the lack of production here the last few weeks. It was something that Matt Perino actually asked Bills head coach Sean McDermott yesterday on the media zoo. But it just feels like something's been up with Steph and can't really put your finger on it. Obviously, it's so there's no medical issue. The the snap percentages come down. Production isn't there. Can you just take me into, you know, what maybe has been ailing him or or hindering him from some of the production that I think people are used to seeing from him? I mean, medically, there's there's nothing big that's been, uh, to my knowledge, ailing him and, and the communication I'm getting from from Nate, our trainer on that. And it's it's. Uh, um, you know, just Josh going through his reads and uh, going through his progressions and making sure that, um, you know, we're making sure we're going through the progressions properly and, and getting Steph involved. You know, as to your point, he hasn't been as involved maybe as much as we would have liked the last couple of games. And um, but we've got to continue to just like all three phases of our team, in this case, our offense is continue to develop, continue to improve um, and find production through the progression. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's been a couple of times fans specifically have pointed out where he hasn't been out there on some some bigger third downs over the last couple of weeks. 
you've been with him a while now. Like when he is out there in those gotta have it moments, you know, especially late in games, what does he bring in those moments? Oh, he's a factor. He's a big factor for us. You know, he brings so much energy and vibe to our team, to our offense. Let's just start there and then collectively to our team. So um, he's a valued member of our team, in particular our offense, and, and we're going to need him down the stretch here. Yeah. He's not telling you anything no. there, right? Like that's typical Sean McDermott coach speak. And, and, but, the thing that always will give me pause with Sean McDermott, especially on the topic of Stefan Diggs, is I just can't believe what he's saying when he's talking about this specific member of his team. And that's based on history, right? Flat out lied during minicamp about Steph Diggs and his availability. Not being at camp when he was at camp, the 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 misproper words and, and, and everything that kind of went around that. Now, when I hear him talking about Diggs... I don't know how much of it is real. I don't know how much of it is genuine. He's not really giving you anything there to chew on anyways, but could Diggs be hurt? I wouldn't rule it out. I am just wondering if we are just dangerously close to the end of the Diggs era in Buffalo. Hear me out. I mean, we have to look at the possibility that this is going to come to a crash landing here. I am not counting on the Tennessee Titans or the Pittsburgh Steelers. It would be nice to have that as a fallback. But in a world where the Bills look well, kind of billsy on Sunday night, how does that look? Is Diggs, What does Diggs do at that point? Or is Diggs just like, okay, I'm out. Move me along here. I, I'm getting ahead of the storyline here, but I just want to point that out to everybody with the way the season has gone here over these last four or five games here for Diggs in particular – this is not trending in the right direction. There was also followed up there that the questioning to Sean McDermott was followed up by Tim Graham of the Athletic asking a follow-up question. You heard Perino ask a question and then give a follow-up question. Tim Graham wasn't afforded a follow-up question. This was his Q&A with Sean McDermott yesterday. Hey, Sean, I wanted to uh, circle back regarding uh, Stefan Diggs. And as Matt Perino had pointed out, uh, the uh, snap counts are down too. Uh, you mentioned Josh with the progressions, but I'm more curious about the plays where he's not even on the field. Uh, why is he down to 60, 65% of the snaps recently? Well, I think some 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 plays are obviously tagged um, for other personnel groups, and some um, just Steph is uh, needs a needs a break right there, and and um, so it's a it's a probably a combination of both of them, ten more than lies. Steph needs yeah. a break. Steph needs a break. Khalil Shakir had more snaps on Sunday than Steph Diggs. I don't believe McDermott. I don't believe he's being truthful here with us. We, we joke about McDermott McLeod when he heaps praise on opponents, but then there are actual moments where I'm like, oh no, he's actually lying. 60, 65% of the snap share. Are you telling Joe Brady to, to dial back, you know, different configurations where you have digs out there? What, what, what is this? Why is arguably your best offensive weapon not on the field for more than 60 to 65% of the snaps in games that you have to have him. Have to have him. I don't believe him. Can someone explain why he wasn't on the field for the first series in the second half? And Matt Perino pointed this out, like, Joe Brady, well, no, there wasn't a third down that he was. No, you put Sherfield ahead of Diggs on a third down. And in the, the explanation from McDermott about personnel groupings Lie, lie, lie. Name me one personnel grouping where you wouldn't want Stefan Diggs. Or you shouldn't have him. Like, he should be out there in every group. Like, yeah. he's your one. Um, 
yeah, there's something happening with this offense. And I'm not saying it revolves specifically around Diggs. Josh Allen hasn't looked himself the last two weeks as well. But I also think that the head coach, now with a few weeks of Joe Brady under his belt, is it? you get the sense that he's meddling in things that maybe he doesn't need to be meddling in. Ah, so where maybe the previous offensive coordinator, hey, always dig Allen to Diggs, that's a safe play. Sure, but. yes, but but also, like, I think it's curious that, that they muted Graham and he wasn't able to ask a follow-up because he had a follow-up and they didn't give it to him and the press conference ended after he gave that response to Tim Graham. It was almost as if they knew, like, all right, we're getting peppered here with Diggs questions. We don't want to, this well, to go moderator, in this direction. Okay, so fair to say the moderator knows the deal. The moderator, that's the job. Like, no, we can't. There's a story here. Sorry. Right. So, no more questions about Diggs. You mentioned how many, you mentioned a percentage. No more questions about Diggs. That's, that's alarming to me. It's alarming to me that, that he's being used that, that much less unless there is. A physical reason, unless there's an injury there. Well, if that's the case, case, why isn't he on the report? That's right. Like, (laughs) we're going back to that. That's right. I just don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth, specifically on this topic. Anything having to do with Diggs. I do believe when when he says that the guy brings juice, energy, electricity, he does all of that. We see that with our own eyes. We hear that from everybody. We we see it when we're at camp. You see it on the field. He does bring a level of energy and juice to that offense when he's on the field. So why wouldn't you want him out there more than sixty to sixty five percent of the snaps? Makes no sense Mm -hmm. to me. Steph needs a rest. Needs a rest. What are we talking about here? (laughs) Load management in the NFL. It couldn't be. Couldn't be. I thought that was an interesting takeaway from, from yesterday's Zoom press conference. The Bills get back on the practice field tomorrow. We'll have our first injury report of the week. Josh Allen's shoulder, yeah, he took a stinger there at the end of the game. Yeah, if you watch closely, you could see him just trying to shake his hand there. Like it must have went numb yeah, or something. Loose like feeling that. in yeah, your hand, yeah, sure. That's... Uh, he, I, claiming he's never had that happen to him before. Uh, it's got to freak you out a little bit, but all indications are that it shouldn't affect his practice participation this week leading into Sunday night. That's the biggest game of the year for the Buffalo Bills, stating the obvious here. Uh, you can call us at uh, 8664-FAN, uh, or you can write to us. Uh, our handle is the Fan Rochester, as Mike did. Uh, this Sunday seems like a Josh Allen legacy game. These are the type of games that the greats win, regardless of how the season ends up. The result Sunday will shade the entire offseason. Uh, yes. But I can't help but think these are also the moments where we've seen this team fold in the past. High-pressure situations. We, we've seen this team throughout the course of this season. As the pressure in a game gets ratcheted up, they look more discombobulated. Go back and just think about every instance where it came down to the wire. They lost a one-score game. They just, in high-pressure situations, they don't perform their best. I'm more nervous about that than anything else going into Sunday. The fact that it is a high-pressure, you know, high-stakes game. I don't have the confidence that a team coached by Sean McDermott can pull it together in that situation this season. I just haven't seen enough of it this year to believe that. 
Name a game. Was it the Giants game, maybe? Yeah. A high-pressure game where you, you came away with a win despite your best efforts of losing the game? Um, that said, Josh Allen owns Miami. The Bills have had success against the Dolphins. Sean McDermott has figured out ways defensively to thwart the weapons on the, the Miami offensive side of the ball. I'm not I'm not sure which direction I'm leaning yet, Gino. I feel really torn on this one. Well, this would be the biggest road victory for Sean McDermott, right, in his career? He's never won on the road in the postseason. Like, all the wins have been at home, and you've lost at Arrowhead, and you've lost at Arrowhead, and, well, you've lost at Arrowhead. Sure. And let's not forget that you lost at Houston, too. Right. So there's been some losses, and you mix in the loss at Cincinnati. So, yeah, this would be... This is as close to a playoff game. In fact, it will be a playoff game if the other teams take care of their business here. Yeah, the scenarios as they play out. And the Bills will know by Sunday night exactly what their lot in life is because all the games will have been completed, obviously. Saturday, you've got the Steelers early um, taking on Baltimore and basically Baltimore's practice squad, right? I mean, Baltimore's going to be resting their starters knowing that they've got the one seed locked up. So Pittsburgh knows that they need to have it. To think that Baltimore could still beat Pittsburgh with their B team, I guess it's possible. It's Mason Rudolph, though. It, that's the thing we forget. It's, yeah. It is still your third string quarterback, who I know Steeler fans are very excited. And Steeler fans, they their Steelers, they always seem to find a way. With they're very reminiscent of what we've seen from the Bills this year. I, I don't know if you knew that Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin went to William and Mary together, Gene. <laughs> No, but they're becoming the same person. Sean McDermott has become a team that just plays up or down to the level of the competition. A lot of similarities here. What we're seeing between these two organizations and these two teams. Um, and then the Jacksonville game, Jacksonville and Tennessee. I don't know. They'll know by Sunday night just how important that W is, or they'll know. Well, you know, this is really for us to get the two seed more than anything. Yeah, or what would be the scenario? Be they'd be the six. So, would you rather phrase this another way? Would you rather go? You you'd rather be home, of course, because rather than go to Kansas City in the divisional round. But of all the teams that you could face as a two, which one would you like to see, and which one would you not like to see? Well, you wouldn't see the Browns. You couldn't see the Browns. You wouldn't see the Browns. So, uh, I, I, I'm going to give you the one because I don't know if they. Too young to know any better. Houston would scare me, C.J. Stroud. I think he would make plays if, yeah. if the Texans ended up as the seven. I would also say the Colts would make me a little like Shane Steichen. The idea that we're talking about them being a playoff contender well, with Gardner Minshew. Wasn't that long ago Jonathan Taylor ran for five touchdowns over the Bills? Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, there, there's there's plenty to be nervous about, even if you are hosting. Um as a two seed. Mm. Well, we're looking forward to Sunday. You'll be able to hear the action on the fan Rochester. Our pregame coverage Sunday afternoon gets underway at four o'clock with kickoff happening just after eight o'clock from Miami. Uh, Peter writing in. Welcome back. Gene in danger. Both teams are not great. Happy New Year, Peter. Both teams, not great. High pressure teams. But I trust the Bills a tad more than the Dolphins. I guess maybe that's what this comes down to. The Dolphins are so banged up. Well, what I would also say is, you know, say what you want about the Bills this season. They haven't lost to anybody by 40 points. 
They got blown out last week. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like you're not expecting them to get blown out two weeks in a row, or is that just what the Dolphins are? Or the Dolphins just a team that can beat good to mediocre teams, but cannot beat the the best teams that are out there. They're they're going to beat up on inferior opponents. They get the win against Dallas, but they lose to Tennessee. You know that that's yeah. in a lot of ways it's like what the Bills are, except the Bills have beaten some teams that are above 500. You know, you've got a couple of nice nice wins on your resume with that Dallas win, with that Kansas City win. Just feels like Dallas was so long ago. We were raving about how good that offense looked. You know, two weeks go by, and you're like, can we please apply a new layer of deodorant to this offense? Yeah, I thought that we would be having the box wine that you gave me for Christmas. No, I think it, it was all gone by the time that Charger game was yeah. over. So. <laughs> uh, speaking of box wine, hashtag box wine mafia. Let's get to happy hour. Next in the sports bar, we have plenty of time for your calls at 866-4FAN, 585-866-4326. That's a good smoke barbecue and pub wingman line. Lots to get to, lots to unpack from what has been a busy, what, week and a half that we've been gone and, and coming back now and looking ahead to Sunday afternoon, the Buffalo Bills. And we'll also be joined by Seth Appert, Rochester Americans head coach, who had a couple of games stint behind the bench for the Sabres last week as well. That's coming up uh, about an hour from now. And last call all on the way here on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.